Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network presents Success in Accounting. Sponsored by Dext. With Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. podcast me rob brown here comes out every monday for our regular listeners this used to be the accounting influencers podcast it's now moved from one show with six episodes a week to five shows a week one episode a day and in this we are at part six of our series from the international accounting forum and awards 2022 it's the big flagship event for the international accounting bulletin and the accountant online the iab does the world surveys and rankings for global associations networks and alliances in the accounting world and this event is a collection of the good and the great from those prestigious bodies and the fintech software vendors that serve them plus a whole array of great speakers and on this week's interviews we have will farnell author of the digital firm he's founder and director of final clark limited first digital firm in the uk we got Mark Edmondson, the very eloquent, and he's president and CEO at Inflow. And then Shimona Pinto, she is in charge of senior corporate solutions at Moxo. They were all there at the event. You can catch them all live in this episode. Enjoy the interview. It's Rob Brown at the International Counting Forum. I'm here with Mark Edmondson from Inflow. Hello, Mark. Hi, Rob. Mark, how important are events like this? It must be nice to be back together again, isn't it? It's, it's really good to see everybody back together again. I think it's uh, underestimated how much the buzz and the, the networking really brings value to, to conferences and to events. And just to see people that you maybe bump into occasionally for a quick conversation really adds a lot of value. Yeah. And Inflow, you, I know you've done some submissions for the awards as well. How important is that part of this event for you at Inflow? I think it's really important, Rob, but maybe not for the reasons people necessarily expect. Um, one, of the, one of the challenges of a tech company is really explaining to the broader business how impactful their work is. So some of our, our programmers might be working on something that for them is, is not a big deal, but actually the business application of what they're developing is, is really quite impactful. And so the awards actually for us, it's really an opportunity to celebrate what the team have done and how relevant it is to the challenges that there are in the profession that we're serving. I really like that angle. When you look at the space that you're in, just for people, uh, listeners that don't know what Inflow do, explain real quick. Really quickly, Inflow does just four things, predominantly focused on helping accounting firms delivering audit services. That's firstly around digital collaboration and working with their clients in more digital ways. Secondly, it's around data analytics. How can we use data to drive automation and add more value in the work that's done? Thirdly, working papers. How can we use a data-driven methodology to transform the audit process and really leverage the technology that's available in the market now? And finally, fourth piece is quality management. New standards have been brought in this year, applicable in many markets, that mean accounting firms need to really focus on how they manage the quality of their work when they're delivering audits. An audit seems to be in the news a lot at the moment, not always for the right reasons. What kind of shape would you say audit is in currently? Well, I think one thing we must be careful not to do is, is overestimate the challenge that is being faced here. Um, what are those challenges, of, Mark? Well, a lot of the challenges that hit the press, Rob, are some fairly kind of high-profile failures. You think of, uh, for example, Wirecard. You think of Carillion here in the UK. They're very isolated to a very specific market, to very specific firms with very specific challenges. So while the whole profession gets somewhat lambasted by these big corporate failures or these big audit failures, 
they're not necessarily symptomatic of the broader market that we know auditors and accountants are serving. So you think about uh, the audit of a small and medium-sized entity, they're not having the same challenges that Wirecard has in terms of the systemic fraud that there was in that business. They're not having the same challenges that, that are existing in Carillion. So I think we're right to be challenged on the quality of the work when you have these big high profile failures. But I think one thing we need to be very careful of is, is painting every auditor and every accounting firm with the same brush. Yeah, that makes good sense. Would you say that the pandemic has brought about changes in audit or has it accelerated changes that were already starting to take place? I think probably both, Rob, and it depends where the accounting firms themselves were on their digital journey when the pandemic really kind of started to bite. And what we were seeing were that the firms that had already started on their efforts to digitalize their practice were able to really put the foot on the gas, break through a lot of the change management hurdles that had existed in the past and slow down their change. And they were able to make things happen in maybe days that would have taken months or years in the past. because there was a fundamental need that existed rather than it being a, a want or a desire. The firms that had been standing back and kind of watching the digitalization happen and saying, well, I'll go second or third or fourth, really found it hard to go from zero to one. So to go from working on paper to actually working remotely, very difficult. We've heard stories of, of auditors actually driving to each other's houses to pass files to one another and things. So, so yeah, change it massively. If you look at the opportunities in audit, what's coming up for the, the space that you're in? Well, I'm going to be touching later on today, Rob, on three things around how quality management... This is management, your talk, isn't it, Mark, that you're doing later? Yeah, the talk. What's it called, and, and by the way? Uh, key trends in audit and how they're impacting culture and innovation in Well, firms. preview that for us. So preview, um, three things. Quality management is going to drive real change this calendar year in how firms think about their work and the quality that's inherent in it. Okay. Second piece is going to be around how auditors approach risk assessment, a detailed area, but standards are changed to change how you think about where audit risks exist and where you focus the audit work. And thirdly, around fraud, which ties nicely back into your questions around some of the broader challenges of the profession. Changes are happening here in the UK and in mindset are happening more broadly across the world in what's expected of auditors when it comes to fraud and how they're using technology to really try and tackle that risk. Yeah, and I know at Inflow you work with a lot of the bigger firms. Do you get involved or do you involve them in R&D and get them to collaborate with you and shape where you're going and what kind of products they need? Absolutely, Rob. So we work across the whole sector. So basically, other than the big four firms, we work with the biggest nationals all the way down to some of the really smallest, small end of SMPs. And, and a few things that we approach, we do user groups, we do a number of the kind of things that you would expect where we're really listening to our customers. But um, actually, quite neatly, in our system, any user can add any idea they want, Rob. And, and others can then see that and upvote on it, and that directly goes into our Like the old-fashioned suggestion box, box that we used to have. Exactly. It's like suggestion box, but a little bit ramped up, yeah. should we say, upvoting, real visibility for everybody. And that's been really beneficial to help make sure our roadmap, while it's been driven by experienced auditors in our business, is actually really in tune with what the guys are experiencing day in, day out when they're performing their work. And you and Inflow, Mark, you're very much at the, the bleeding edge, might we say, of leading the charge with, uh, shall we say, transforming and modifying audit. But are you getting some accounting firms that are progressive and say, come on, keep up with us? Uh, being honest, no. No, okay. No. Um, we, we You're dragging them to, into it. it it's, it's not so much dragging, but more trying to make sure we take the time to explain this is a journey, Rob. 
And there's a lot of things that in audit that, that you could do, but it would be very difficult for you to actually make sure it's compliant. And so things like AI, for example, you have to be very careful about how you apply artificial intelligence because there's a number of things you could do, but ultimately in audit, it needs to be reperformable. You need to be able to explain and document how you arrived at your conclusion. And, and while some tech vendors might suggest this is acceptable, it's not acceptable to write on an audit file, the computer told me to do this. You need to own that decision. You need to understand the logic. So it's a little bit of a, a kind of a process, Rob, where we need to go through the journey and bring along all the stakeholders, like standard setters that I work with across the, the, the network, across, across the world, um, professional bodies when they think about skills. We brought our software into the ACA qualification here in the UK to really try and enhance the capabilities of people to use technology. Because the thing with technology is it can be as good as you want it to be. If people can't actually get the value from it and they can't use it and they can't apply it or the clients don't want to see it, then you've not really achieved the problem, a solution to the problem. Yeah, and technology is painted as the answer to all questions, but there's issues with adoption and thinking strategically about technology rather than some audit person saying, we need this bit of kit in here to do this job. Yeah, you see that quite a lot, and I think you point on two things there, Rob. One, one um, the change management that's needed to move, to be able to embrace technology really well, you need to think more holistically. We, we talk about the three Ps, platform, people, and process. And actually, you need to think about all of those things because just plugging a piece of technology in might solve a really discrete siloed problem in your business, but it's not going to digitalize the whole business itself. And I think the other point you touched on there is thinking strategically. People think that you buy a piece of technology, you plug it in, and you solve. Often, I see the problem is that people go to the technology first and then try and think about the strategy. The strategy should drive the technology. So sitting down, trying to get the partnership, which we inherently have in the accounting profession, aligned and understanding what the vision is and all rowing in the same direction, is something you need to do before you even start trying to find the technology solution to your problem. Now we've moved very fast in the last couple of years. If I'd have interviewed you two years ago and said where we'll be in two years, you maybe wouldn't have said as far on as we are, but let's jump ahead another two years, Mark. Let's say you and I are at the International Accounting Forum event 2024. What kind of things will be going on? What might we be talking about? To be honest, Rob, I, I think we're going to still be seeing a lot of firms trying to get their head around how technology can apply okay. in their business. Consolidation of what we're talking about now, perhaps. Yeah, but I think that's probably because of one of the biggest challenges the profession faces right now, which is capacity. How, have we actually got the right people in the business and the numbers and the quality to be able to actually serve the demand that we have? So. Um, being honest, I think that the firms that are going to be successful are going to find the time to adopt technology to be able to, to change their businesses and try and solve the capacity problem. I think a lot of firms, though, are going to spend the next two years being too busy to be able to solve the problem of capacity. And so I think that's, that's probably just a, a reflection on having done this for seven years at Inflow now and done it for 10 years at Peter Rucci beforehand. There's a certain level where firms don't have the capacity to think strategically, to, to go about making smart technology decisions. And so it's it's going to be dictated, in my opinion, on how they really approach those next two years as to how far they get along. Well, let's finish on a message of positivity and hope, because where there are challenges, there are opportunities. So what would you say directly to the leaders, managing partners of accounting firms out there that are setting culture and making strategic decisions? What would be your call to them to get right over the next few months and years? My first recommendation would be to make sure that if you are part of a partnership, that you've spent enough time as a partnership 
really aligning yourselves behind a strategy and a vision for the future. Um, I think that too many partnerships accept that there's a big diversion of opinions in the way that they work as a partnership. And as a result, that almost becomes the reason why they don't do anything. And so I think almost taking a step back and working out as a partnership, where do you want to be in three years time? Where do you want to be in five years time? And, and what's going to be needed for you to achieve those objectives? Do you want to grow? Do you want to expand the team? Which client industries do you want to specialize in? Those are the kind of things I think are really, really important for, for firms to focus enough time on, getting the group back together, getting on the same page. Because things like technology then fall out of a real strong strategic alignment across the partnership group. Other than that, simply acknowledge that technology has fundamentally moved on. If you are using technology that you were using to be quite honest with you, three years ago. Yeah, you're obsolete. It's obsolete. If you are still wrestling with desktop solutions, you need to embrace the cloud. If you are not even in the cloud or using paper still, you need to acknowledge that this, this is fundamentally going to hold your business back. It's going to turn off the talent that you're trying to attract in your business. And particularly for firms who are trying to, to grow, if you are bringing new people into your business, and the way that you work doesn't really align to the way that they live their lives, i.e. they're on their mobile doing everything and you're trying to get them to fill in checklists, then you're going to churn people and you're not going to be able to grow the business. So I think think about that kind of experience that you're offering to the talent that you're trying to bring into the business. Bring this all together and you'll have a recipe for success. Mark Edmondson of Inflow, brilliant as always. Thanks so much for your time today. Thanks very much, Rob. Cheers. Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network presents Success in Accounting. Improve your practice while decreasing how hard you work to make your firm really fly, really fly. It's Rob Brown here at the International Accounting Forum and Awards. It's day one. Well, the main day, I'm here with Will Farnell of Farnell Clark and so many other things. Will, good to see you. Good morning, Rob. Well, nice you're one of you. our chairs today. You're chairing a panel. What's all that about? I'm chairing a panel on that very uh, open topic of modernizing your accountancy firm. You know something about that, given that you wrote the book, The Digital Firm, and you were digital from 2008, is that right? That's correct, yep. And uh, gradually we're seeing everybody else kind of claw back some You've of that. You've been dragging the world Some with of that you. time. We're doing our best. How hard was it back then? That was when the iPhone came up. It was, and, and I mean, that's the astonishing thing when you think about it. I look at, uh, at what firms are, are doing now, and, and we hear vendors talking about how well firms are adopting, but actually I still look at it, and I still can't get beyond a kind of 20% adoption point. And I've been saying that number for five years now. So something, I mean, I was obviously really optimistic five years ago when I said it was 20%, but everyone's still early adopters. So anyone doing this now is still an early adopter. And that's astonishing when you think we've been doing this for kind of 10 years, 12 years, whatever, however long it is now. But I mean, the topic today, modernizing your accounting firm, I mean, it's gone beyond tech now. So I'm now talking about the human firm because actually when we, when we crack digital, the only thing that's going to differentiate us from our competitors is our people. So what do we do in the way we engage with clients, but also what do we do in terms of engaging a team? Every firm here today will tell you recruitment and retention is their biggest, single biggest challenge. So what do they need to do to actually change that dynamic and, and make sure that their team see opportunities, that their team get the work-life balance that they want, yet they're still challenged to do things that are going to keep them engaged and interested. So the digital part is only one aspect of modernising your firm and making it disruption-proof, we might say. Totally, totally. And I mean, the disruption is an interesting one. And, and, and I was at a conference in, in the US four years ago now, and a guy was talking about disruption. 
and he said that, that pre-COVID actually... Pre-COVID, though. Oh, yeah, pre-COVID, yeah. But he was talking about disruption. If you look at tech disruption, you look at all of the, the, the Amazons, the Airbnbs, all they do is they remove friction in process. So they look at what everybody else does and say, where can we use tech, different business model or whatever to remove friction from the process to enhance the experiences we deliver for clients? And that's all it is. So all the stuff we're doing with tech is about how can we just make it easier for the client? How can we make it a smoother process for them? But then once we've done that with tech, what else can we do in terms of the way we engage with clients? What do we need to do with our, with our people to make sure that they're on board and doing the things that we want them to do? And we're seeing this kind of focus now on, on organisation purpose and vision and values. And that's partly generational-led, but it's also you've got to understand what it is you're trying to do. What is it you're trying to do in, in the world, the difference you're trying to make and whatever. And firms with purpose are more successful than firms without purpose. Sure. And to what degree do you feel firms are fooling themselves, if you like, if they claim to be fully digital, fully in the cloud, because they think if they've got a, a package, a platform, it's all done. But it yeah, isn't, is it? Yeah, no, it's not, because there's no point replacing old technology with new technology if you don't change the process and the business model and deliver something different for clients. So whenever I talk to firms about adopting a digital firm mentality, um, it's all about what can we do that makes a difference to the client. So if it doesn't make a fundamental difference to the client in a, in a, a tangible or intangible way, because it doesn't matter whether it's an internal thing that just means you can deliver for the client more efficiently, then don't do it. So if you're going to put new tech in, but it actually doesn't change what you deliver for the client beyond the fact they can log on to their account software anywhere, so what? Who cares? What about the data? What about the way that you're engaging with those clients, the insights you're providing for them? And if you're not doing any of that, then it, it, it makes no, no, no benefit. So why bother go putting your team through all that pain of change when you're not actually delivering anything better? Is there such a thing as a disruption-proof firm? No. Um, I mean, if, if we look at what's going on at the moment and the sage resurgence, um, zero and now the incumbent, and we've almost got this, well, uh, I mean, it's too early, clearly. Um, but zero isn't disruptor-proof. Somebody else could come in and do something different. Um, so we, we have to constantly evolve. We have to look at where can we innovate, but focusing on the client. Because actually, if we focus on the client, deliver what the client wants and needs, that will drive a culture of, of innovation. And part of the whole thinking around the take on the human firm is how do we build the right culture in an organization that the team are looking at innovation. The team are seeing that as a fundamental part of what they do. I can see how a software company might innovate. They're known for being agile, but accountants are not known for being able to evolve and pivot on a dime, as it were. Maybe they've showed that a bit more in COVID. Are you hopeful that they can make the necessary changes to stay relevant and competitive? I think ultimately they have to, and there will come a time when there's enough pain. We saw it with COVID, so things... That you take, is this you, a burning platform you're talking about? Oh, it's, it? it's always been a burning platform, but it's... But it's we it, we, no, we, we, we've, 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 we've just got like the, the sparks at the moment, and we haven't got the full fire. Um, but actually, if we look at what happened it's with a COVID... a smouldering platform. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it, it will burn one day. Right. Um, maybe when it washes up on a beach or something the water's perhaps keeping it cool at the moment but if we look at what happened in covid we work from home if an accounting firm had made a conscious decision to deliver a you can work from wherever you want policy it would have taken them years yet it happened in the matter of weeks so there was a catalyst to drive change and we need more catalysts and some of that might be starting to see client churn 
because they hear about somebody else that's doing something more interesting and more or more relevant to their business. We're seeing generational shift. Millennial and Gen Z want something different that traditional firms' business model doesn't necessarily deliver at the moment. So the, the daily bookkeeping that we do as part of our offering, our outsource finance function work, so many firms are not geared up to deliver that in terms of people processing technology. So when they start seeing those clients move on to somewhere else, then that's another catalyst. Regulation, MTD is, is going to be another catalyst. The problem with MTD is it's hitting a part of the market that certainly the firms that are here today are not going to be as exposed to as the small sole practitioners that, that generally are dealing with sole traders and small landlords and everything else. So the pinch isn't going to be felt quite as much at, at, at kind of mid-tier, top-tier accounting firms. Yeah. But there will be other catalysts, and, and that's the point. So there'll be enough that drives a change in behaviour, and it will also be new partners coming through and driving that change as well. So we've got enough going on that's going to drive some change in thinking but it's not going to happen overnight. Well, you've got a foot inside an accounting firm. You own a firm, but you also advise accounting firm owners and fintechs on embracing change. What would be your final message to the leaders, owners, managing partners of accounting firms to drive the change they need to see to stay in the game? I think it's got, first of all, it's got to be a conscious recognition that they want to change something and then start thinking about what that change involves, what it looks like, who's going to drive it. But if you don't make a conscious decision that you want to do something different or you want to work in a different way, you're never going to change. You're constantly going to keep doing what you're doing because actually it's not broken yet. The yet is the key bit there because at some point it will be. But there are firms out there that are still making good profits, working in the way that they've, they've been working. So the catalyst is not there. So somebody's got to drive that change. There's got to be a conscious decision that we want to do something different. And if they don't change, what's in store for them? I just think that they're going to find the market more and more competitive as, as every, every year goes by. And that's going to impact people at exit and it's going to impact um, succession because millennials are going to look at, at the offer on the table and say, well, actually, I can go over there and there's a far better offer that's more aligned to my values, my what I want to do with, with my career. Um, so it's a, it's a number of things kind of coming together that hopefully is just going to get people just thinking a little bit differently because that's all it needs. It just needs some recognition that there's a, there's a better way out there. Are you positive? Always. Optimistic? Always. <laughs> well, we'll find out. Thanks so much for your time today. That's been great. Thank you. Hi, all you wonderful listeners. Rob Brown here. We're at the International Accounting Forum and Awards 2022 in the Waldorf Hotel in London. I'm thrilled to have with me today Shimona Pinto from Moxo. Hello, Shimona. Hello, thank you for having me. Very excited to be here. It's great to have you on. We spoke earlier, we did a panel as well. Just remind our listeners of what we spoke about earlier. Absolutely. Um, I was talking a lot about client engagement in the modern era, what that looks like, what it means to modernize your client engagement today, um, and very specifically about what it looks like to meet your clients where it's most convenient for them. And what's changing your view about client engagement over the last few years? Because these are unprecedented times, aren't they? Absolutely. You know, the way in which clients do business today is completely different. Not, not, not only in the past couple of years, I would say. It's been, a, it's been a long period of time coming where clients now want things to be done almost yesterday to an extent, right? Um, and I know we all say about it, but the idea is just to make it more effective for clients to do business with you, make it as easy as possible for a client coming in, and to empower them to be able to do things that they need to do by themselves. Some method of self-service 
I would say, but then also give them that hybrid capability where they come in and they're able to effectively speak with someone within your businesses. Can you give us an example, Shimona, of the way accounting firms getting client engagement wrong or make it difficult for themselves? Absolutely. Yeah, I can actually talk from personal experience, right? I think we all, majority of us have some form of accountant or have experienced an accountant at some point in our lives. And the idea is, you know, when it happens in accountancy itself, right, um, my accountant will send me a message or a text or an email saying, Shimona, I need you to send in these many documentations. And the idea is that makes it very fragmented, right? He wants me to send in documentation. I don't know where the documentation is, what the relevant deadlines are. And it's via email, it's Teams, it's Google Meet, it's Zoom, it's phone calls. It's extremely fragmented, the way in which we do business today. And the idea for us is to just bring it to a one-stop solution. So clients essentially want the most convenient way to do business, the quickest way to do business, and to make things that are a little bit daunting or complex as easy as possible for them to do it. And we tend to put a lot of obstacles in the way, don't we? We try to make things more efficient, but actually we don't. No, absolutely, right? So that's that's completely true. Like, if you think about it very often, it is, hey, do I use Google Meet, Teams, Zoom? Which, which application do I use? Um, that email that you've sent in, hey, when did you send that email in? You know, how long ago was it? Where do I find that? Um, where are the documentation? So we just make it a little bit more complicated than it needs to be. And the idea is simple, honestly, is is the best solution. Simple and easy. So tell us a bit about Moxo. Essentially, Moxo is a one-stop client interaction hub. That's a lot of different words to basically say. It's a one-stop place where clients come in and they can securely engage with their accountants at any point in time. If they need to be onboarded, they can go through a step-by-step process where they can send in their documentation, then exchange documentation back and forth, scan in documentation as well, do AKYC, AML capabilities, sign a client care engagement letter as well, and the relevant information as well. So the idea is we build a very branded portal. It's a web app and a um, app as well. It's completely branded. It's white labeled to the business itself. We can also embed our services if you would like, where clients can go through structured workflows, for example, like onboarding, but also they can go through ad hoc communication, such as I have a question or when is that deadline? Or hey, those documents you asked me, I have no idea where they are. And how do I approach that? And how do I send that to you? So that's what we do. Uh, we do it for a whole host of different industries. Um, and accounting is a forefront of where I think a lot of accountants are starting to wake up and think, okay, we do need a secure portal. We do need a way in which engaging with clients is seamless, easy, fun, and not a thinker, right? It's something I do quickly on the way to the tube with a drop down notification or quickly on this portal itself. And how collaborative are you with your clients in shaping your product, Shimon? Do they come to you and say, we need this, can you help us with it? Or do you already know what they want and you take it to them? That's a very good question right now. I don't think we would claim to say we know everything, but we do, as a technologist, we do know quite a bit of what, what the, the industries require. But we work with the clients. That's very important, right? Um, every business is different. The way in which you do business is different and that makes you unique, right? Every accountancy is different. So we come in, work with them very closely to see what makes you unique as a business and how we can help you take that to the next level. So we build your processes in a very different way, exactly how you would be used to doing it, but in a more digitized front to make it even more efficient for both individuals, right? Not just the client coming in, they get a beautiful way of doing business with you, but your accountants also get a seamless way of also doing business where they can see all the different clients they're working with, where they are in their step-by-step journey at any point in time, prompt them if required, and overall just increase efficiency as it stands. Is there an argument, Shimona, that client experience needs recalibrated? And what I mean by that is we know client demands and expectations have gone up and accountants have met those expectations by and large. They've done a lot of things for free. They've gone out of their way to stay close to clients. 
but perhaps they've set unrealistic expectations on what an accountant is there for and what's on the clock and what's off the clock. Absolutely, absolutely. And there is always a risk of going over the edge, right? Um, and I think I spoke about this earlier today. It's about the balance. It's the right balance in every aspect of it is. So uh, we actually took that into consideration um, and we decided to put in working hours into our portal. So even though your, your client can come in and speak with your accountant at any point in time, if that accountant is outside his working hours, is he's on holiday, the client gets a nice message letting them know, hey, I'm outside my working hours, I'll get back to you as soon as possible. It's just a way to make sure that we put mental health at the forefront. We put the, the availability and the capabilities of not only the clients, but your accountants in a space that says, okay, this is what we do, this is how we do it, and this is the best way to service you in that space. I'm glad you mentioned mental health because accountants are not just being asked to provide financial data reporting and everything else. They're acting almost as counselors, therapists, psychiatrists to the business client, but that's not perhaps what they signed up to the job for. Correct, absolutely, right? Think about where we are today. Um, we were just discussing what it is like to have a relationship with a client. It very much is now a relationship. Right? It's no longer just a client and accountant kind of experience where it is just send me the documentation and that's where it ends. You, you rightly mentioned that, right? It's a relationship. It's very much a relationship manager that you have and it, sometimes it blurs the lines, sometimes it goes a little bit off the edge or in the edge and, and that is how the, the profession evolves. But absolutely, what we need to do is safeguard not only our accountants but also safeguard our clients to let them know we are here for you um, and we're here to help you in a specific way that helps both parties really develop and fruitfully develop that relationship. Do you feel that the accountant still owns the client? Because some vendors would say, we've got all the data, we'd like to own the client, we may even bypass the client. Oh, yeah, great question. Um, I don't think that would ever happen, right? A lot of the vendors that we have today are a technologist like myself, right? Um, we definitely do not view it in that way. You need your accountant. You need that personal touch and that advisory role that no other individual can give, right? Like I mentioned, go back to the fact that it's a relationship. So that data is hosted for us, especially the, the client comes in and they own all the data themselves. We don't touch it, we don't view it, we don't see it. All we do is facilitate that relationship, help do it in a way that's more efficient, but we make sure that the accountant feels, okay, they're the one in charge, it is their client, and they manage that relationship how they see best. So what excites you most about the Moxo journey over the next few years? Oh, that's a very good question. I think Moxo is a fast-growing company. You know, it is, it's been phenomenal working for them as, as long as I have. Um, and I think we're really going leaps and bounds in a lot of different industries. And accountancy is one that we're so excited for. Um, as you can see, us here today, you know, we did a panel, we did a speech as well, and we're just speaking with everyone in the industry. And I think for Moxo, it's, it's about just taking it out there and helping as many industries as we can provide them with a service that is one-stop, it's efficient, it's premier, and really brings them into the next century in and of itself, right? Um, today, I think we were joking about how we work with millennials and Gen Zs, and I think someone brought up TikTok, might have been myself. Um, how do we engage with them, right? How do we engage with the Gen Zs who have a five-second attention span? Um, that's where we're pretty excited that we're kind of a forward-thinking tech solution that helps helps those questions and help answers those questions and provide solutions just a little bit if we can. This has been great, Shimona. Leave us with a few words of encouragement for the accountants listening. They want to get a handle on the changing world. They know things are moving really fast. They know what the challenges are. They perhaps need a bit of encouragement and help to navigate those challenges. Yeah, absolutely. I would say is that accountancy is it is such an exciting time to do what we do today, right? Extremely exciting the way in which the younger generation are now we've got crypto billionaires, right? And we need to harness that power. We need to take that in and see how we can advise them, help them and guide them in a specific way. And I think it's really important what we're doing today. Um, I think what I would say is look at your client base, 
try to harness as much as you can of the younger generation and see how you can give them the ability and empower them in their journeys as it stands and mold a lot of your business to future-proof it in that manner. Well, Shimona Pinto from Moxo, that's been excellent. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Very excited to hear it. Thank you. Improve your practice while decreasing how hard you work to make your firm really fly. Sponsored by Dext.